You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, my guy? Mike, I'm trying to share our group here on the USBC message board and i oh there i am the gift that keeps on giving okay i was gonna say don't tell me we're banned from there no uh, i thought rob, we got kicked off <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying don't tell me we're banned from there rob we're going off track right away put up this comment from nico puhar right here put up this comment okay put up this on. comment let's uh let's let, let, you know I, let's get I, we're going off the rails right right away unplanned conversation here Yes, I was, Nico. Oh, yes, I was. Okay. You want to know why, Nico? Because I am the best analyst in the bowling game. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's why. Christ. All right. It's not the only thing that I've called. It's not the only uh, time that I have put something out there that has come to fruition. Uh, far from it. In fact, I should have mentioned this last week, but but I, I don't I don't know why I let this slip my mind. Rob, when I was on Beef and Barnsey two weeks ago, or was it last week, early last week, I guess it was, um, when I was on there, some guy came in the chat, and he was like, do you guys think that the PBA really listens to what you, what you suggest or what you think they should do? I, I saw that comment. I did. Yo, and I, t- yo, and, and, and I said something about it on the show, but I, I got and, – and it was like quick. You know, I'm, I'm talking about other stuff, so I didn't want to pay, pay too much credence to it. But let me throw this out there just for a minute, all right? For everybody that that might think that, yeah, we're just bullshitting here. No, what you know, it doesn't really matter. Rob, we actually got a PBA tournament turned into a title recently, right? Still, I mean, you're still taking credit for that? Well, <laughs> I don't know. The, the conversation started here. The conversation about that issue started here on our show. Okay, it started here on our it show. Did. It did. We, we were did. the first we ones to say. To the players committee, it should be a title. They went down that route. So yeah, like whatever. You know, people people can go down that route. All right. Back to our back to our uh, our planned programming here. Thank you, Nico. I appreciate that very much. I also want to remind everybody that I bet on Clara Guerrero to beat Jacob Butcher uh, as well. All right. Is this all right? are you so, just gonna sit here and like so like if you're if you're gonna you challenge my claim as the best analyst in bowling, you better you better be ready to put some some dough behind that. Okay, Mike's, so I'm just Mike saying. is the greatest. Mike's the greatest, the goat. Let's just put it out there. Just the goat of everything. Thank you. So back to the planned show. Um, I already have a comment asking someone to uh, Kyle asking to tell the ninth and tenth frame roll off. Oh, it I I can't wait to tell the story because Mike dude, vintage Rob. It was vintage Rob. If you wanted me to get into it right now, yeah, I could yeah, get into yeah. it. Go ahead, go ahead. Mike, I gave the business, dude. Oh, my goodness. It was hype. So I got up in the 10th frame, and it was down to me and this this guy, this kid, and he was a really nice kid. Um, And I needed a strike in the fill to force him to throw a nine or better. And I got up, and I uh, left a four pin, and I made it. And then I got up in the fill and I I just dead nutted it. And I came back off the approach. And Mike, the hype that I brought was 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 real, dude. It was like, let's fucking go. Let's do this. Like it was like 
dude, straight vintage, like 18 year old Rob. I let it out. He gets up and uh, uh, he, he leaves like a um, some kind of like nine spare forces him to throw a nine or better in the fill and just completely throws it out the window and two tens. So we end up tying and I get and This is the first round of the tat, by the way. Um, uh, I think I lost Mike, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep telling the story here. So I get up in the 10 frame and, uh, or we, we end up in the ninth and 10 frame roll off and it's the first round of the tat. Keep in mind, there's only probably like four rounds in this tournament to get to the TV show. So making it to like the third round is you're really close to getting to that TV show. Um, get it to the ninth and 10 frame roll off and we're the only ones bowling. So everybody's watching. I get up in the first shot. He picks me to go first because he won the coin flip. Mike, I throw it out the window. I leave a washout in the first round of the ninth frame. I get up. I fucking dead nut the washout and I made it. Mike, let's fucking go. I went crazy. I just, yeah, oh, man, I was yelling. People in the crowd were going, sweep the rack. Let's go sweep the rack. Because I was wearing my jersey, the sweep the rack jersey. And everyone was like, let's go, let's go. He gets up. He misses the head pin left, okay, on the first shot. I'm like, dude, I this is, this is hype, right? He gets up chops to spare. So he he leaves like the one, three, nine and chops it. So I, I'm sitting in a good spot. He gets up, stone nines, makes it, and then strikes. I get up. All I need is a, a, a mark to move on. Mike, I dead flushed to Brooklyn to win, right? Keep in mind, they were hard, right? They were hard, right? They weren't easy. I did not show any emotion. I felt so bad. I just went Brooklyn on this guy. I was like, sorry, man. But Mike, keep in mind, he went Brooklyn like three times to get to that 189 that we tied. So I'm not really too, wasn't really too concerned with it. Uh, and I get to the second round. I end up on just a strong pair, right? Like five really great bowlers. I get up in a 10 frame. I'm the last one to, 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 to go. I need a strike to advance. I need the first one because I'm on a double. Threw a great. I hit the pocket. Seven pin stands. Mixer, right? Five, seven shaking like this. And the fucking machine picked it up, and I ended up not going and by like three pins. So I ended up probably was a top twenty of the division. Um, you know, considering I uh, haven't really been bowling a lot, and I really wasn't throwing the ball good all week. Because uh, remember, we talked Wednesday night, and I was like, Mike, like I'm not really throwing it really good right now. Uh, managed to get my shit together. Uh, had a great squad, bowled seven hundred, made it, and then you know ended up finishing in the top like ten or twenty of the division. Was happy with the way of performance. Was pissed that seven went because if that seven would have fell, I would have ended up in the final six, and I literally would have had uh, two more rounds to get to the to, to the show. I was close, so yeah. Well, good bowling. Um, you know, way to way to rep, way to rep for yourself and sweep the rack uh, and your brothers, etc. Uh, should crossovers be nine nine spare? No, because I, you know how many I got thrown against it me that, that me. match? It annoys me. Dude, it annoys they were me. brutal. Like, Five on a pair and 189 got off the pair as a tie. That's what I bowled, 189. But and I'm just was, saying, like, bowling bowling is a, it's like it's, it's frustrating enough. And then, you know, your opponent has the ability to throw a re- what is a really bad shot. 
a really offline shot and still get the maximum result, you know, and I just, I don't know. Dude. Oh, da oh D David yeah. O'Sullivan in the chat uh, criticizing you. What's up, Dave? Saying you can't give the dude the business if you go Brooklyn, bro. I know, I did. Dave, right? I cool, did. But I made that washout, dude. That washout was like the best shot I've thrown all, all week. Brooklyn honestly. Rob, right? Right, right, Jeff. Jeff is saying need to change your name. Yeah, Brooklyn Rob. He lived up to his name, no doubt. Dude, Jer Jersey Rob, because we didn't call him Brooklyn's when I lived in Brooklyn. True. We called him Jersey's. So. Right. We called him Jersey's. Hey, let me tell you before. something. When you're bowling for first place is twenty thousand, and on top of that, you'll take the it. You'll the progressive take it. was an extra thirty-six thousand. I'll fucking go Brooklyn all day for that 50-something thousand. So you take it. You know what? I, I feel you. Anyway, Mike, so enough about my tat story. You know, that was only worth about 50-something thousand. Let's hear about your uh, league. And league I update. I, you had an action match. I did. I had an action match. So uh, they were back to being easy again. Oh, I know. I know. Much, much to my chagrin, they were back to being easy again. They were. They were – they were probably as wide open as they've been for me personally. Um, now, I will say this, and this is this is this is uh, this is totally off the beaten path of my my league bowling and scores. But yo, the center, the bowling center, it's a Bolero center, okay, Rob. And I know I'm 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 overweight. I get it. You know, people are gonna make fun of me and say, "Oh, it's just you and this and that." Well, you're not you're not skinny, Mike. Yo. It was a million degrees. <laughs> it was a million degrees in the bowling center. Okay. Yes. The Alyssa. Alyssa made the finals, by the way, at the top. And it was nice meeting you, Alyssa. At okay. I mean, her first shot. Sorry. But, but I see, had a time in there. She, she probably has enough, enough uh, wit about her to know that you can't give somebody the business if you go Brooklyn. Dude, you, know, you, can't do you would have loved it. If you were there, you would have been given the business. Oh, sure. Me, so. Listen, <laughs> a, a wise man, a wise man, man named, named Val Fatone, okay, from Levittown, Pennsylvania, uh, he once told me and other young bowlers from that area that when you're bowling in that kind of environment, you know, it's all about the heat. So if you have yeah. an opportunity to give, to give your opponent the heat and give them the business – Turn up the heat on them, boy. Oh, Turn up it. the heat on them. That's what you got to do, right? So, yeah. yeah. No, Alyssa, I, great bowling, I, I by you. the way. Alyssa, by the way, shout-outs to Alyssa. Fantastic tournament. Uh, I believe she finished, uh, I think it was like third or second at the yeah, time. Yeah, I, I watched right. the finals. I watched the finals. And, uh, yeah, she throws it good. She, she threw it the best out of anybody in the finals, in my opinion. I mean, just watching all the players bowl. Uh, I was kind of like, wow, she 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 throws it really good. So yeah, shout to her. Shout yeah, to her second. second. She Yo, she throws it better than me. That's for sure. I'll okay, and uh, yeah. yeah. So so all right. So back to my league story, Rob. It was a million degrees. I'm not even kidding. It was <laughs> it was. You know, it, 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 everyone was complaining about it. The approaches were just ridiculously tacky. Okay, so for two games, I really struggled with just my footing slowing down. Uh, you know, trying to cool off, trying to cool down. We bowl at a frenetic pace because it's doubles, and there's a lot of striking, especially when they're easy. So the first two games, I was only like, uh, I was pro I was probably only about plus ten after the first two games, I, and I shot around you know two same score both games about two oh five maybe give or take a couple pins. Uh, uh... Yeah, last game I was actually able to get my footing, and uh, yeah, I, I think I shot two fifty nine. To, yeah, so I ended up with yeah. uh, six sixty nine. Did you go brackets? Night. 
I did. I did. I didn't go in as many because the approaches were so bad. So did that, you take a bath? Huh? Uh, yeah. 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 I didn't make any finals. Yeah. Not with 2020. Not, not, as, not as easy as they were. Um, the real. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. So, uh, so, so the approaches were so bad. I only got in a few brackets. I knew it was kind of going to be a tough night for me because I, you know, when, uh, whenever the approaches are tacky, it's hard for me because I actually do kind of put my foot down early and slide. Um, but I bowled. Okay. You know, I bowled good the last game. Uh, so here's how the action match came about. So there's a guy in the league that I, I have bowled in, in against in leagues, uh, sport leagues mostly for last set and several numerous years. He does bowl uh, action on Dougie Vision around our area regularly. Uh, he bowls a lot of house stuff, but he also bowls on sport. I would describe him as a bowler who technically you would not say is very good, but he can repeat what he does. You know, and yeah, I think yeah, I think yeah. most people sure. would understand that, right? So uh, he shot one forty one game, uh, and you know. A bunch of us were breaking his ball, saying, "Oh, you know." And I said something like, "Oh, you didn't, you didn't hear that they're easy again this week. Like they're not, they're not tough like they were." And uh, yeah, he got all bent out of shape, you know, and had some comments for us. So when we got done bowling, he was walking around saying, "Who wants to bowl?" So and you know, I, I was kind of like, I was kind of you know, not about his attitude that he had given me previously. So I said, "Yeah, I'll bowl. Let's go. Let's get a pair." And at first, honestly, I thought he was going to back out because he was given some excuses about, oh, well, they're not done yet, and what about this pair, that pair? And I said, listen, as long as it's not a pair that, that you bowled on, I don't care where we bowl. I'm like, if you want to bowl on a pair that I bowled on, that's fine. I, you know, That's your choice. If you don't want to bowl on a pair I bowled on, here's the pair I bowled on. Don't pick that pair. But I'll bowl on any other pair. So we get a pair, bowling for 100 a game. First game, I come out of the gate 279. Okay, game was game was over by the seventh frame. All right, I threw it good. Uh, you know, they they're easy. I mean, they're just very easy. You know, so uh, next game, and this was so dumb. I'm still mad at myself for this. I miss a four pin. I miss I a four those. pin early in the game. So, on a, Rob, 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 on a wall though, Rob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob, That's Rob, the, I know. on a wall, Rob. You missed a four pin on a sports shot with yeah. something on the line. That's Plastic. that's easy to do. That's easy to do, honestly. I right? did it too much. Ball could, ball could fall off your hand, right? Ball could fall off your hand in that situation. You miss a little left or right, you're probably not going to make it. You know, making a four pin on a wall, I could make a. I, I could probably go at least eight for ten on a wall with my eyes closed shooting a four pin. Well, did you miss it right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. too much just, oil in the middle. Yeah, I just I didn't get it right. I didn't get it right enough, and I didn't get it slow enough for where I had it on the lane, yeah. and I just missed it right. You know, all right. And, so what happened? So that was okay, it. That so, was the end so, of it. So no, 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 no. I missed the four pin. I come back. I throw a string of strikes. Right. Get to about and this this. So my opponent leaves an eight ten. A couple frames later, we're all giving him shit about it. I mean, we're I I, I was I was absolutely on his ass about leaving an eight ten on a house shot on a wall. So he leaves an eight ten. A couple frames later. He's coming off the, the approach, and he says something about me leaving a 7-10, okay? Rob, I go up on the next shot. What do I leave? 7-10, okay? Oh, he called man. it on me. He called He called, yo, he called called the 7-10 on me, all right? Nice. So he gets up. He throws a couple strikes in a row. Now he's giving me the business, okay? He's absolutely giving me the business, calling me lucky, saying, oh, see, when you don't get lucky, this is what happens. 
he opens in the 10th frame. All right, he misses a 10-pin in the 10th frame. Okay, And he gives me the opportunity to go up and throw all three to win by a stick. All right, and let, let me, you know, it's been a long time. It's been a really long time since I wanted one like I wanted this one, like I wanted to throw three in a row. And, yeah, I just I threw the second one out the window. I was just too fast, and I was too amped up, and I was too revved up. First one was perfect. Second one was just too fast. I was too I had too much going on in my head. You want to talk about giving the business, Rob? I was standing up on the ball return. I was going to tell him I'm a, I've been bowling action before you could even before the balls were strong enough for you to strike consistently. Okay, right. give so me that. One, so, so, so one 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 one. We go into the third game, and uh, yeah, tra- t- transition hit me, and I went uh, I went two 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 eight ten. Right, one shot, and then uh, I tried to make a move off of that, and I went through the face and went five through the face, and Open I struck. Under. Yeah, I yeah. still struck a lot that game, uh, and I think I shot like two thirty, but I just I, I put no heat on him early in the game, so he was able to just start out with the front six or something like that. So we only got to bowl three games because the bowling alley was closing. It was a Rob. It was a million degrees in this place. Okay. When I tell you that I had sweated through my undershirt, I, it was completely drenched. I mean, it was crazy how hot it was. So we're scheduled for a rematch tomorrow. We're oh, scheduled yeah, to run it. it back tomorrow. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I'll definitely have the money in my pocket to run it back. So we'll see We'll see where uh, where my cool. opponent is at. But uh, right. I went and practiced on Monday night as well. <laughs> went and practiced on a That's sport a again. Again, no, went and practiced again on a sports shot uh, that Rusty Thompson is putting out on Monday nights. Bowled on the, um, uh, I think it was the WTBA or Kegel Broadway V2 uh, pattern. No, Dave, no, he, he didn't make any money, Dave. No, he, I lost 100. No, yeah, won. Lost yeah, 100. I lost 100. I think he yeah, might who, be talking about you if you, if you, uh, oh, if me? You oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I made money. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it wasn't a lot, but I made some money. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, sh- uh, all right. Dave. Danny Coppola is is the bowler that I, that I don't know in the action. Yeah, so. let's tag him, man. Let's get him on the show next week. Let's Yo, see <laughs> Jeff Jeff Lindemuth in the chat. Uh, he he knows what I'm talking about. I mean, the yo, I actually heard a rumor and I tweeted at Bolero. They never tweeted back at me. Shocker, but uh, I heard a rumor that corporate controls the thermostat for Bolero and that they set it and that the manager does not oh. have the ability or the authority to change the thermostat and if that's true that's that's complete dog shit dude Coley because, found out where you're bowling dude oh she my goodness she turns up the heat so yo it was so high it, it, honestly it dude, was almost my, unbearable my brother it says he never heard of him so obviously he's not good <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, i love it so i want to get to one more thing and and this is why i brought up the fact that i went to practice on the sport pattern we're we're going over time tonight people we got too much to talk about i'm, man, sorry. I'm hungry come on so man. i'm sorry i'm sorry so uh so i went to practice on the sport shot it was challenging i had a great time had a great practice session okay and uh one of the thoughts i had while when i was done the practice session or while i was practicing was that i would really enjoy being able to like go into my sport league or a practice session or something like that and bowl a set of games, whether it be three games, four games, five games, whatever, right? And bowl the way I bowl, right? Do make my decisions and then have the lanes re-oiled, same pair re-oiled, and have a high-level PBA pro come in and bowl on the same pair and just be able to watch them and see the difference in what they do versus what I do in terms of 
you know, balls that they're using, practice, what, you know, how they practice them, et cetera. Now, of course, you use it as an opportunity to get all my shit and tell me that, oh, it's called going and bowling big tournaments. You should try it sometime. But that's <laughs> not what I meant. And, and, and here's why I think you partly uh, misunderstood what I was saying here. I, you know, I understand bowling a big tournament with, with high-level bowlers and you can kind of learn from what they do or don't do. But it's so hard to watch when you're bowling yourself. Right. And it's it's like it's really hard to pay very close attention, especially to the small details of what they're doing or not doing or what they're doing differently to you. Where what I'm saying is, is I want to watch from the back. I want to do nothing but watch and nothing but compare the decisions I made to the decisions they made. You know, the other thing I tweeted out is that if I had access to a ball rep, my my sport average would be at least 30 pins higher cumulatively than it is. Maybe maybe that's a little bit of a high estimate, but damn, that's the hardest thing. That is the hardest thing. Rob, I'm going to take the conversation. Respond because I want to take this in a different direction. Go ahead. I got two responses. My All first right. response is I learned that the hard way when I crossed with Wes Malott for five days at the World Series of Bowling one year. Okay. Now, I get when you're bowling these high-level tournaments, you don't watch a lot of the high-level pros that are – on your side or on next to you or but when you're crossing with them and you're following them for five days you get a really good idea of how good these people are okay i didn't realize and i knew west malat was a you know, obviously top level bowler guys unbelievable i didn't realize how good he was until i crossed with him for five days okay you cross with that guy for five days and you realize how much of of your ball does not hook in the back of the lane compared to what he does like it is he was playing an arrow and a half left of me for five days. And if I tried to move with him, I had no chance. So that being said, yes, you can get a good idea, but you have to get lucky enough to bowl a regional or a Masters or a U.S. Open, and you have to get lucky enough to cross with a high-level bowler, okay? The second response to the tour rep, I responded to that tweet, and me and Bill used to have the same conversation when we were 17, 18, 19 years old, the high roller, when we didn't have access to ball reps, okay? We were nobodies. We didn't have, you know, Bill was a 17, 18-year-old kid, 19-year-old kid. We were still bowling college. We didn't gain, you know, he didn't gain that national level exposure until obviously he went on tour. But the advantage that th these guys that had at the high roller that had access to tour reps was it, it wasn't fair. It really wasn't. And the rich were getting richer, Mike. You, you had guys like uh, Brian Kretzer, and uh, even Timmy Mack, who was bowling at the time, and you know some of these guys that are already amazing bowlers. The guys have from Mexico. Reps. Timmy Timmy had a whole gang of guys from Mexico that traveled with him that had access, a lot of access. No, well. and it was not even fair because they would go and you know the tour reps would watch them bowl, and then they would go lay out two or three bowling balls, and this was the high roller, and then all of a sudden they'd be in three hundred brackets the next sweeper, and they would crush them. You know, and then you had guys like, you know, obviously someone like Bill, who is a very talented 18 year old, right? Probably one of the best junior bowlers and college bowlers of all time. And he didn't have anybody laying him out bowling balls or giving him stuff. And he was at a disadvantage. So you do have validity to that, like when it comes I'll, to the ball. Right? I'll be honest, like I'm I'm interested in this idea. I'm interested in this conversation. I'll throw this out there. You can respond if you want, but. Perhaps you know. Perhaps we can get into this when we have a little bit more time. I feel like that is such a big part of the game at this point. Like 
figuring, looking at a lane graph, you know, practicing, having a practice session, and being able to figure out, uh, you know, what ball am I going to use and how am I going to attack the lanes and what my transition is going to look like. That is such a huge part of the game, and it's so hard that I actually almost feel like maybe there shouldn't be ball reps. I would like to see what would happen uh, if it <laughs> – oh, my goodness. Uh, the burners are out uh, again. The burners Jesus are always Christ. around. Sorry, um, I had to put that up. I just laughed. So so uh, I, I really would like to see what would happen if uh, you took away the ball reps completely. Like guys had to show up at a tournament – they could they could get still get balls drilled, but they had to be deciding how they were drilled, okay? And they had to make their own decisions throughout the whole tournament. I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it might change uh, some of the landscape of what you see. I think if anybody could do that, I think it would be the USBC could do something like that. Um, I don't think the PBA would do it because I think the bowling ball companies – have too much say in what goes on in the PBA. Uh, I could be completely off saying that, but I know the bowling ball companies are very, they're big supporter. They're, they're very big supporters of the PBA. Yeah, they, they pay a lot of money to register their products for sure. Sure. So if the PBA came in and said, you guys couldn't have ball wraps at, at, at you know, the, the pros disposal, I don't know if that would fly with them. Um, but I think the USBC would have a chance to say, Hey, like, no ball reps are allowed at the open or the masters. Like, let's see who the, the really the best bowler is without having help With from their own knowledge. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, it, because when I go to practice on these sports shots, it's just amazing to me. Like I'll take out three balls and I don't, I don't, I'm not real good at reading a lane graph pattern. So, you know, I know where I'm going to play based on how many feet it is generally and, and what it looks like. But, um, yeah, I just uh, I think it's it's such a difference when you get the right look, right? Like it, it it's just and I tell people that it's hard for people to understand that like yes, this this type of lane condition can be easy as well when you stand in the right part of the lane, have the right ball in your hand, you know, you open them up a little bit, your accuracy doesn't have to be, you know, pinpoint on every single part of the game. So yeah, I I, to, I see Tony. Yeah, Tony yeah let me respond. Yeah. I want to respond to that, Mike, because there's two right, differences. Thanks, thanks in golf. for joining us as well. I know. I yeah, know Tony. He's a, he's a bowler himself. What's up? He is. He's he's a great bowler. Um, let yeah. me respond to that. There's two differences between golf and bowling. One, I believe every pro golfer at that national level has a caddy. Okay, I don't think every pro bowler at that level or would have a tour rep. Okay, I know personally if I made it through a you know qualifier to get on the national tour and I bowled, I wouldn't have a tour rep following me. And that's very possible. I can make it through a qualifier. The second thing, but, but the difference between bowling and golf is that the equipment in bowling, like you said, has so much of a bigger factor on what goes on for your results compared to golf's equipment, right? Golf, to me, yeah. shot making is more of a premium in the sport of golf. Yeah, a lot of the golfers are using – you know, generally the same set of clubs, right? Bowlers, it's like depending on what staff you're on or what you're throwing, you're using a completely different set of, of tools. So I definitely think that the ball reps affect the game more than, than caddies doing golf. But it's a fair, it's a very fair question to ask, though. Um, 
I just I don't know. Like I said, when I practice on the sports shots, it's like I practice with one ball and I stink. I I can't I cannot strike consistently. But then I switch to something else. I kind of switch around and find something that works. And then when I find something that, that works, it's like oh okay these these aren't that hard. Like I can I can strike consistently now. Yeah, I don't know. They would quit per per se. Like I don't think like the the tour the the pros would be like oh there's no tour reps. I'm not bowling. I do think it would be a, a an interesting performance evaluation to see who all of a sudden is not making shows compared to when they were tour reps. Um, I l- would love to see the comparison, right? And see all of a sudden yeah. so-and-so made five shows last year. There's no tour reps. He hasn't made one show. Right. So anyway, right. and you know, my brother has a point here. He thinks right now, if you're not using Utah, you're at a disadvantage. Um, maybe, I mean, you can't prove that though. I mean, I don't know. It's a big. That's a that's a whole nother conversation. Well, I think. well, I think you can put that comment that your brother made in the context of the ball reps itself, right? Because I think it's. I, I mean, I feel this way. I don't know how other people. I'd be surprised if anybody feels differently. But you know, Storm's staff of ball reps is like the Yankees uh, versus uh, you know a team with a minimal payroll, the Florida Marlins in professional baseball compared to some of these other companies. I mean, they have a whole team of guys and they're all the best at what they do. And other companies have one or two guys. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not so sure that, uh, that, that they're as highly regarded as the, as the guys from, from the evil empire, as I like to call them. Yeah. Uh, I like this comment. I like the freight train, freight by the train. way, freight train, great nickname. Great that nickname. was my that was my nickname in high school. Um, oh, back, maybe it's someone trolling you. I don't know. Maybe back in the seventies, all balls were pretty much the same because they didn't have the crores as they do now. The guys on tour back in the day never had help. Why shouldn't it be the same way? Because we're not in the seventies anymore. And if we if we live in the seventies and the sixties, then we'll it will never it'll never progress as a sport. I mean, people. I I love when people Great say train. well. I'm with you. I'm with you. I want to take it back. Let's, you know, I'm all for it. But that's the problem back. with that's the problem these days is that everybody's just living in the 70s and 80s or 60s of the sport of bowling when, you know, it'll never be back to that. Like we'll never be using rubber balls. We'll never, you know, be, you know, not having computers is the score system, right? I'm just saying like technology is a part of every sport, regardless. It, the technology is involved in every sport, regardless if it's running which is the same as it was back in the 50s, right? You run from point A to point B, but the technology to train to run is so much better than it was back in that day. So, look, technology is just a part of life, and people got to just accept it. But as for the tour reps, that's a whole other story, Mike. I love that conversation because it is a valid point. Like, well, what you said is so much of a part of the game these days. Um, So, anyway... uh, yeah, I like that conversation, Mike. There's a lot of to- there's a lot of comments coming in right now. Um, yeah, and we're, yeah, hey, we'll Jim, to- Jim Ward, we're going to talk about Ryan Simo coming out of retirement. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but first, uh, there was other big news involving the PBA this week, Rob. And uh, yeah, it's it's ISIS. on the business it's on the business side. It is. So I'll read the article in case people in the chat um, have been living under a rock when it comes to the sport of bowling. 
But uh, Bolero struck a $2.6 billion SPSA merger deal. Uh, Bolero Corp owner and operator of Bowling Centers said on Thursday that it agreed to go public through a merger with a blank check firm called Isis Acquisition Corp, valuing the combined company at around $2.6 billion. Sorry, correction, Mike. That's I-S-O-S, I-S-O-S, not I-S-I-S, to be confused with, you know, the terrorist organization. Um, the deal includes a private investment in public equity of 40, $450 million anchored by investors, including Wells Fargo Asset Management, funds managed by affiliates of Apollo Global Management, Brigade Capital Management, Soros Fund Management, I know the name Soros, and the Donoreal Group. Uh, Mike, this was a interesting topic because I don't know a whole lot about this kind of shit. Um, I'm not an expert by any means when it comes to like business acquisitions and selling off mergers and and, and all, all of this stuff. But I do know that there hasn't been a whole lot of talk on how exactly this affects the PBA and how it affects Bolero when it comes to like the bowling centers in your area. So, so I, uh, uh, I don't know. Do you want, we, you know, what do we do best here, Rob? We speculate, Mike. We speculate, Rob. <laughs> We're great we speculate. So let's speculate. Um, when I read the release and I read a release with a little bit more detail than what you shared here, uh, you know, obviously, this this involves Bolero going public as a public company on the stock market, right? And their ticker is going to be uh, BWL Bowl, yeah. So, nice. um, you know, it, it, it involves that. I've also heard uh, from from sources that, and not, this was actually confirmed in an interview that I watched today with a Bolero executive, that some of the people involved in this company that are uh, they're merging with. Uh, are actually former executives of the WWE, Rob, one of your favorite companies. Okay, yeah, suck my, <laughs> suck my sack. Yeah, exactly. So for those of you just listening, Rob is Rob is doing the crotch chop right now. Um, so one other thing I noticed, uh, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go deep here. I'm going to go deep because I did read quite a bit about this. Uh, it says that acquisitions of other bowling centers are a big part of what they plan to do. Uh-oh. Okay, and that there's well, and there's many opportunities for acquisitions within the within the uh, the 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 you know category. And honestly, to me, when I read it, it sounds like Bolero is teaming up with this company to take over bowling in America. Yeah. They want to okay. be the the name brand of bowling in America, right? If they're not already, I mean, they kind of are already to many people, but sure. I think they want to look to do it on a much bigger scale. Uh, it also talked about uh, how an app that will allow bowlers to compete against each other for prizes is a big part of what they plan to do going forward. Okay, um, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I I heard a little bit more detail about that in this interview. I'm going to reference in a minute, but I did tweet out that you know, hey, look. If you're expecting bowlers in different bowling centers bowling against each other through an app to be something that drives your business, or if you expect something like the 
uh, Bolero League Challenge that they did to be something that really drives your business, uh, I think you're way off the mark there. I think that's somebody who doesn't know bowling. You know, I think that's somebody who doesn't understand the sport and thinks, oh, if we just do this, the people are going to come, and I completely disagree with that. Uh, the last thing that I would point out about uh, this deal is that I have talked for a long time, and, and there's people that have given me a lot of shit about this. In fact, uh, Kevin Walters, uh, one of the one of the uh, Blink Center uh, owner that we had on the show previously, Rob, he came on to kind of debate this with me. You know, but I have touted numerous times the fact that Bolero is a multi-billion dollar company. Okay, and clearly we're seeing that here. Clearly we're seeing that that's absolutely the case. Okay. So uh, all of those things were interesting to me in the press release. Then I see this interview that I retweeted. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at the 215th if you want to follow me. Uh, I retweeted an interview. I follow Bolero Court. Bolero Court tweeted out this interview that one of their executives did. It wasn't Coley. It was somebody, I think, higher than her, the CFO of the company. And he did an interview uh, with some sort of online – online uh, show, financial show, okay? And in that interview, some interesting things that I that I picked up on. Again, he brought up the acquisition idea and the fact that they already own uh, a large amount of bowling centers in North America, and they continue to not only acquire bowling centers, but also to build new ones. He said they're building three new bowling centers this year. You know, I was not aware of that. So I found that interesting. I also, this is the most interesting thing that I found from this interview that I watched. And I honestly, I think that this reflects a huge change on Bolero's part. But this CFO for Bolero mentioned in this interview that their biggest source of revenue, Bolero's biggest source of revenue, is clearly high profit margins on shoe rental, okay, lane rental, and video games. That doesn't surprise me. Okay, that doesn't surprise us. That doesn't surprise us. But, Rob, that's not where Bolero was going when Bolero first took over a lot of these centers. They were not looking as the actual bowling as being the you, you do you agree with me on that? They, they didn't were looking look for like at, drinks, right? Bars and like food, they right? were looking for the bar, club environment. And he actually says in this interview, that's only a small part of our revenue. Right. The the the, the food and drink portion is only a small part. So what is so what does that tell you about where Bolero's business is coming from? It's coming from families. Open okay, bowlers. and it's and it's coming from bowlers, Rob. Open it's, bowlers. It's come. It's okay, open, but a lot. No, bowlers. no. It's also coming from league bowlers because but they're talking bowlers. about the lane rental as a major source of of income. So the lane rental is leagues. I mean, that's where you're yeah. filling a lot of the time. But if you let me tell you on that point, though, you're right, though, because they will get league and they get lineage of leagues. But guess what? When you have a full house of league bowlers, they'd rather have a full house of open bowlers because they lose no out on the shoe rental. They lose no out question. on the shoe rental in the line. But it's much it's much less common to see a full house of open bowlers yeah, than it is to see a full house sure. of leagues, right? So yeah, here's what I think Bolero here. has learned. And I'll, I'll end with this and take it wherever you want. Mm-hmm. I think Bolero has learned 
that they're not gonna they weren't gonna be able to survive as a club like Bowling Center. Okay. They need to turn to open bowlers, families, right? And and you know, regular bowlers, bowlers who are gonna continuously come in and and rent lane time, whether it be through leagues or open bowling as their main source of income. And it seems like they're going in that direction. And I got to say that that's probably a, a good thing generally for, for like us as bowlers, but go ahead, Rob. Okay. So two points here, one bowling. I never ran a bowling center, but I would want to bring in league bowlers and bring in as many bowlers as you can. Obviously the drinks and the food are going to come with that. Okay. Um, because guess what bowlers drink? That's what they do. Most bowlers. And I'd say probably like, you know, I wouldn't give a percentage because I don't know, but anybody who's bowling league, you probably look at the, the full house of league and you'd probably estimate almost over half are drinking, right? Beer. Yeah, but they're, not, they're not drinking like club drinking. They're no, not but bar they're drinking. Beer they're drinking, still they're drinking cheap game. beer. You yeah, know, PBR, they're having a few PBR. beers, right? Like, I, you know, I, 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 know. I disagree with you on that point kind of like, I think that's again, and and the CFO said it like that's such a small part of the of their their bottom line. No, I'm I not think saying they, that. I'm saying that with the league bowlers, you concentrate on the bowling and the open yes, bowling, and okay, then the drinks okay. and the food come. It comes right. They, yeah, they but buy the drinks, drinks and the food are an afterthought in that. When you're it is, the kind of you're still making money. Making. What they okay. wanted to be is they wanted to be more of a a nightclub that was. You know, sit, yeah. making their money off of the alcohol sales and food sales more so no, than the bowling, happen. right? And no, yeah, I think happen. I think you, with it, this might be somewhat. Want to see where it goes, but I, I do okay. got to say, I, got I, one don't, more point. I don't think it's good for the mom and pop bowling centers, though. Well, that's that was my next point. Okay, my biggest concern of this whole thing that's going down is the fact that they are going to be really, really aggressive with the acquisitions. And look, anybody who's taken a business 101 class in college knows that the worst possible thing that you could be is a monopoly for the the consumer, okay? Because a monopoly, if you don't know it, it's not the board game for all you dumb shits out there. It's when one company owns pretty much a majority of that specific business, right? In in your area, right? Um, and it's bad because guess what? Bolero could jack up the prices on the games. They could jack up the prices on the shoes. They don't have to take care of the lanes the way they want to. They could oil every week. doesn't matter because that's if that's the only place the bowlers have to go bowl, then that's what they're going to do. And it's not going to be good for the consumer. And I grew up in them, you know, loving the mom pop shop bowling centers. Okay. I used to love going to the you know, 16-lane centers, the 24-lane centers, the, even the eight-lane centers, right, that we used to bowl at because the mom-pop shop bowling centers usually take care of their bowling centers and they take care of the bowler the right way. Um, anybody knows back when we were younger, you walked into an AMF center, you didn't really get the same amount of service you got at an AMF center. You know, you didn't really get the lanes or weren't taken care of the right way in the AMF centers. It was all corporate you know, you weren't going to go in and you weren't going to get a dollar a game or $2 a game because they knew you. You were going to pay the full lineage. Um, I don't know. I'm scared that they're going to turn all, all most of the, the major cities and major areas into monopolies and 
and it's and it's just going to be bad for the consumer and it's going to drive bowlers away from the sport instead of driving them to it yeah no i hear you i i i kind of i kind of feel the same way about it all right we'll move on from that we have a few other quick things to get to here uh ryan simonelli unretired thoughts that was Rob? quick that I'm was not quick. surprised. I called that. I mean, I called that back when he retired. I said that he would be back. I didn't think it would be this quick. Uh, but, yeah, pretty quick. Uh, happy for him, you know. I mean, listen. Yeah, anytime, sure. Fuck, yeah. <clears throat> anytime somebody gets to gets to uh, bowl for a living, you know, and do what they love for a living, like, that's an awesome thing. So, you know, good luck to good him. Good for him. Good yeah, for him. Congrats. Welcome back. Um, you know, I don't, think, I don't think we'll hear from him anytime soon. But, yeah. Uh, you know that's probably better. That's probably better. I, I, you know, somebody in the chat brought up what 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 his ball deal situation might be. He was with Big Bowling. Big Bowling doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. Uh, you know. Oh, Mike's gone. Yeah, um, I don't know what his bowling. Sta- like what's going on with him in the bowling staff, though. Like, yeah, it. I don't know. Big is still new, right? There's still an infant stage, Mike. So. I wouldn't say they're not going anywhere until I see some more releases come from big. Uh, I feel like they still are, you know, only have three or four balls out there. Um, but uh, I, I can't see, I could see him getting back on a bowling company. Hopefully he didn't burn any bridges with the bowling companies. True. All right. Uh, other news, Sean Rash, I believe last night. Uh, hammered took, him. Hammered him. Took, took the lead for, uh, all events at the USBC Open. Sean Rash, friend of the show. Uh, shout to him. Great bowling. Averaged over 250. Tom Clark with the brag post uh, about his son bowling on Sean Rash's team and being Rash's uh, doubles partner. So, uh, yeah, shout to Sean Rash. Great performance. I mean, you bowled the USBC Open, Rob. So, you know, to average 250 on that, what do you think? I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Well, uh, Sean Rash. Well, it just shows you what happens when these national level pro, pros bowl tournaments that are mainly for amateur bowlers, right? The USBC tournament, national tournament, is mostly for the 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 record, the the league bowler, the one fifty to two fifteen average, right? Um, look what happens when I could just name three pros off the top of my head that just absolutely hammered them: Andrew Anderson, Sean Rash. Kyle Troop. Uh, I know Bill bowled pretty well until maybe singles. Um, and, you know, look, it doesn't surprise me because the lanes were playable. To me, playable means to them is Easy. dead walled. House shot. Dead walled. Yeah, throw it anywhere. I got to throw it into an ocean. Yeah, so question that was, that was Mike. yes, yes, they should. Yeah, I know. I saw your brother. Should the PBA Tour players be allowed to bowl the should USBC they, Open? They, yeah, of course they should. I why? do think they should be able what to. Is, why, why do you think they should be able to bowl that? Why shouldn't they? Because it discourages the 70% that think they have a chance to win. No, that's to... why they put the different divisions in. You know, I mean, perhaps they... they... They have different divisions classified, right? But for, like, the people in the open division, there's still – most of them are still, like, 180, 190 average. I know. So I, I was just going to say uh, perhaps they need to divide things even more, right, and have no. different divisions for, you know, the upper-level bowlers no. or pros, et cetera. You know, but, no, I, I, no I'm, always, I'm always going to 
vote for pro bowlers to be able to bowl in anything, anywhere. I think it's kind of goofy and corny that we locked them out of competitions. But they're pros, Mike. They make yeah, they make that decision when they get their pro cards. They're pros. They they do that for a living. Why should they be able to bowl every tournament out Yeah, there? but they bowl so much shit that's more insignificant than the USBC Open. I mean, you know, just last week, Jacob Buttruff won a local King of the Hill. So, you know, he we're, sitting here, King of the Hills. we're sitting here talking about the USBC Open. I mean, these guys show up to King of the Hills and bowl and beat up on the on the local house people. So, so let me ask you this. Let me just expand on this, though. So the, what, there's a reason why the TAT is such a, success, a successful tournament. You understand that, right? And yeah, why they sure. outlasted why out they outlasted the high roller, the but mini it's the true amateur tournament. It is. It's the true amateur tournament, right? It's not it is it's not open. But it, not, is it not it's surprising? Not a, it's not an open organization tournament that all of these guys belong to the organization. So they belong look, to the organization. Why shouldn't they be able to bowl? Personally, I don't think they should be allowed to bowl the USBC tournament, at least anybody with a national title. So then pros shouldn't be able to join the USBC is what you're saying. Once you become a PBA member, you can no longer, you know, or, or what? maybe once you become a PBA titleist, you can no longer be a USBC member. Maybe not, Mike. Maybe okay. not. Why should you be able to be a PBA, a part of that organization and a part of the USBC organization? Why should they get to do everything? I don't know. I'm just hey, look, I'm I might be starting some shit, but Pro Bowlers, his Twitter is at Brooklyn Rob Eleven. Okay, just so you know. All right. Hey, uh, last piece of news here. Uh, <laughs> Amleto Monicelli, Amleto Monicelli, PBA fifty winner, winner with a radical ball. That's news in and of itself. I said on Twitter, uh, winner with a radical ball. Uh, great note. The guy. The guy is He's timeless, awesome. Joe. The he guy is, is timeless. For He's real. still he got great hair, book. too. He wrote a book. I saw yeah. on Twitter that he wrote a book Yeah, in his, in his native country, in his native language, about how to be successful in life. And I thought, man, that's some shit I need to read. I mean, dude is, dude is a timeless beast. Yo, and he's still got great hair, Mike. He does. He does. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, but Jim, uh, NASCAR drivers um, are, are driving NASCAR events. PBA pros are allowed to bowl PBA regionals, okay? So the regionals are just compared to your lower NASCAR series, okay? But are NASCAR cup drivers allowed to drive in their local, you know, derby <laughs> to win $500? Because that's what Bartschrift did. He won the king of the hill, right? So that's the same thing as driving a local $500 derby, right? Same kind of deal. True. All right. Uh, Rob, it's that time. Hit the people with it, it please. Yes, sir. Yeah, I got a big smile this on my was, face. This was such an easy. This was oh my god. This I got week a good one. Like, pulling it up. Worst of the week was like shooting fish in a barrel. This week, I swear, it was. There was All a right. lot of worst. All right. All right, Mike. Let me go first because go right ahead. I love this post. Uh, this was actually posted today, uh, and it got take it got got uh, taken off the message. The USBC message board is a gift that keeps on giving. Don't ever stop. Ever stop giving us these treats these delicious treats. Um, I, we got it. I got a, a snapshot of it before admin admin took it off uh, and deleted it. Congrats to 
uh, Noel, or it could be uh, Noel Moore from the USPC discussion board. So congrats, big, big, big congratulations to you. Throw it out there. Here it is. So I went in to get some practice today. Nothing is working. The only thing close is urethane, straight up five. Spares weren't, e weren't working right either, Mike, spares. I rolled four games and was ready to trash all of my balls. I got up to the counter to pay and heard, did you notice we put out a different pattern today? Four to four and six feet longer. Needless to say, I was less than happy. Would have been great if you have told me before. I had the same one. I had the same one, but don't worry. I have, I have several more. That's such a ridiculous Dude, post. It's such but a you know it's post. a bad one when we both had the same one. Oh, my and... goodness. Your comment was great. You said, oh, I agree. The front desk should give you a lane printout graph of what's out there right now. and Tell you I mean, where to play. Ridiculous. They should tell you what ball to throw. Mike, this is what we're dealing with in the sport of bowling these days. That's it. That's, it. That's the most important it. point is that this is this is, you know, common like this is a common right. way of thinking and something that has to change great, here, great uh, see here's the mindset of the these bowlers like this is he was ready to trash all of his bowling balls okay because that's the first thing that was at fault right mike it was the bowling balls it, it wasn't him right it wasn't him um it was it forced him to play the first arrow mike God forbid you have to play the first hour of these days. God, I don't think people know how to even do that, okay? Um, instead of him going on the message boards and saying, hey, the bowling center put out a different pattern. Here is the pattern. Is there any advice on what to do or how to practice it or get better, right? Um, hey, maybe go into the bowling center, bowl some games on the new pattern, find someone maybe in your area that could give you some lessons, Mike, wouldn't that be a fucking sight to see someone actually taking lessons from someone to learn how to bowl ball? Instead, let me just trash all my bowling balls, complain about it, and then you know probably end up quitting and not not learning on, on, on how to do things the right way and make yourself better. The best the best thing about this post to me was the way he describes the pattern is four to four and six feet longer. What what the hell does that even mean? Has you ever heard anybody describe a pattern as four to four and six feet longer? I don't I don't yeah. know. I, don't I know, know what six feet longer means. I don't know four to four. Maybe he's talking about the oil ratio. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe he's talking about four board to four board. But you yeah, would think maybe. that would be pretty easy. <laughs> like that would be a pretty straight up wall, you know, just roll so it and so let it go right. right. Like oh, but that's my the goodness. problem. It's, this post will yeah. be timeless. You know, All right. I, I have I have a couple. I need more than one here. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, come on. Save it for next week. Oh, uh, I can't. Well, it's worse of the week. It's worse yeah. of the week. So worse of the bye uh, week. You really only want me to do one? Oh, my goodness. All right. So just oh, get to goodness. it. Let's go. Um, oh, geez. All right. Here's the one I'm going to give. Somebody actually asked today. Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen. USBC oh, Superman. Superman. Jimmy Olsen, okay. Let's go, Jimmy. Uh, which which do you consider the higher achievement, three hundred or eight hundred? Oh, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. that should even be a question, Jimmy. Jimmy. Three hundred. Step. I think three hundreds. Three hundreds is better. You're fired, Jimmy. You're fired. Okay. Are you serious? What's 
Are you see? Do you watch these three hundred videos and see some of these people that shoot three hundred for a game that get lucky enough to match up for one game? Do you see some of this? And you're really asking what the better achievement is, three hundred or eight hundred? At this point, it's so far gone that it's eight hundred that it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to even ask that. Okay, so Jimmy Olsen, congratulations you 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 win you win worst of the week. Tim Buck, you got let off the hook because my man only wants me to give one example, but Tim Buck was out there this week. Yo. He was he yo, he was out there this week. Okay, Rob, hit the people with it, please. All right, Rob, final thoughts. What do you got? Yeah, so uh, last week I saw this uh, hype video of this guy who was, like, playing the, like, U.S. Open of Frisbee golf, okay? And he needed to hit this, like, amazing shot in order to tie to get to a roll-off, okay? Look it up on YouTube, people. This was the most hype video that I've watched it came to a sport in a really long time. Yo, my man gets up, right? Skinny guy, probably long hair, just looks straight out of like a, a, a you know, a, a, a protest. Okay. Looks straight out of a protest. Okay. He just absolutely peers this thing, right? This frisbee comes around this big boom right into the freaking disc thing, right? The place went bonkers, right? The whole they were Dude. running, yelling, screaming. It, it was literally the hypest thing I ever seen. And then I commented on Twitter that I was like, "Man, I wish bowling would get this hype." And then it started like this whole conversation where, like, well, what is this compared to in the bowling sport? And I'm just like, "Yo, like my personal comparison was like bowling a 300 to tie a 300 to get to a like ninth and ten frame roll off in like a true. major or something." Anyway, sure. that was my like thought of like the week. And if you yeah, haven't I seen this video, I should I put it here and we should watch yeah, it. Yeah, retweet it, retweet it. I'll be honest, I didn't think the shot was that impressive. I think if you gave <laughs> I think if you gave I told you this through text. I, I think if you gave me a hundred shots at it, I could probably make that shot. You're I don't so find out of your Fris- mind. I don't find Frisbee golf that impressive. I don't find it that hard. Who the hell can't throw a Frisbee? Dude, I mean, you you're sound talking like the haters about, on bowling. You sound like you're talking about giant areas. I, yo, there's a the best frisbee golf course in New Jersey is three blocks from my house. All right, go go go. I do see it. people playing all the time, and it's huge open areas where you just whip the frisbee as hard as you can until you get it close and you have to make somewhat of an accurate shot. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It involves. I mean, oh, to me, it God. seems like it involves very little skill. There was actually uh, an interesting article that Belmo retweeted from The Ringer about niche sports, and it talked mostly about Frisbee golf, but it also talked about bowling and even mentioned Belmo. And uh, I had I, I had seen some of the Frisbee golf stuff before that viral video just because of that um, that article that I read that Belmo retweeted if you guys want to check that out. Uh, so yeah, I see Anthony Battaglia in the chat. He knows exactly where I'm talking about Thompson park. He says it ain't as easy as it looks. All right. Well, Anthony, you know what? Sometime when you want to meet me there and videotape, maybe we'll go out and I'll get some Frisbees. Okay. 
And yeah, I'll go out and I'll I'll I'll, I'll try and prove the frisbee golf is not as hard as people think. Okay, a lot of those people are a lot of those people are smoking out on the on the frisbee golf course too. All right, so uh, that's a big that's a big part of it. Okay, so right, people with frisbee drunk in college. I know, Dave. I know, Dave. Right? Tell these people. Come on. What does what does let's, that mean? How many get, people? Let's not get crazy. So, how many people out there that don't bowl went bowling and got drunk in college bowling? Dude, you sound like all the haters that hate on the sport of bowling that don't know a thing about bowling. Maybe you should know a thing or two about what frisbee golf is and the the the, the complexities of it. You know, because to the to the outside fan like yourself, it's just throwing a frisbee at a at, at, at a at a hole, right? When people they look at bowling, it's you throwing a bowling ball at a, at pins. To people watching NASCAR, it's just driving in a circle. But we all know there's a lot of more complexities to these sports than from the outsiders. So I'm just saying you uh, sound like one of those guys that hates on bowling but doesn't know a thing about it. Okay. Here's my final thought. Uh, strike Derby, 2 p.m. Sunday. Okay. It's back. Uh, I don't know it? if it's live. I don't know if it's live. I don't know. Uh, if it is live, we'll be betting on it. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm the 215th. Uh, he is at Brooklyn Rob 11. Uh, guys, it's always fun. It's been fun. Uh, everybody have a great week. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll be dissecting the strike derby. Uh, maybe we'll have some bets on that. Maybe not. We'll see. I'm again, I'm not sure if it's live. I'll have another league report. I'll probably have another action report and, uh, Rob always fun, man. All right. Always great. Appreciate right, everybody. it. Easy, guys. Later. Later. Peace. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.